Hi, you're listening to Mot the Bleak. The podcast where I, Dom. And I, Kitty. Discuss some of the bleakest, darkest topics. All times in our lives. And essentially aim to uplift through education, humour. And a lot of oversharing, most likely from me. Hello. Hello. Hi, so we're carrying on with our series on the seven deadly sins or the seven cardinal sins. As we descend further and further into the pit, may I remind you all that the seven deadly sins, in no particular order, are pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, wrath and sloth. So, last episode we did gluttony, and this episode we are doing greed. In Dante's Inferno, Dante defined greed as a corruption of the divine love for God's creation, all things on earth. And that love has been turned into an obsession, a desire to have things that God has created. Ooh. Yes, but again, my boy, St. Thomas Aquinas, <laughs> whom I stan, obviously, said him some little better, which is, man condemns things eternal for the sake of temporal things. Nice and judgmental. What does that What does that mean in like modern day speak? Uh, it means that you basically rather than have an immortal pure soul going to heaven and all that you'd rather have say loads of stuff yeah you just don't have loads of stuff (laughs) (laughs) well i mean that kind of ties into the example that i gave last week when i was um talking about the uh, difference between gluttony and greed because they do get crossed over and i explained um that gluttony is the obsession with food and the need for pleasure and that kind of thing whereas greed is like cold and i gave the example of ebenezer scrooge but i've got a couple more examples as well so do you want me to go first or do you want to go first okay okay Uh, so i got a bit nerdy with this and um i think when i looked at it when i was thinking about greed i had one character pop up into my head which is weird because i actually prefer the first of this kind of group i'm just gonna get into it so basically i think that the lord of the rings and the hobbit covers greed really well yeah. i think they've got loads of examples there are fucking loads but i can't remember everybody's names and i don't want anyone who is a diehard stan to get really pissed off with me so <laughs> i just thought the most on the nose definition of greed in the well, well the books in the film and everything else the films uh, should i say is actually the ring itself so people i shouldn't say people because they're not all human they're like hobbits and shit um i'm, I'm literally i have hobbits in my mind shit. hobbits and shit i have like someone in my mind like that's like in the mom's basement like well actually it's an elf and i think that's me that's just you me. know yeah. you're not an incel but we don't have a basement <laughs> <laughs> But uh, <laughs> we don't have a basement. I'm not your mum. <laughs> but no. Um, so yeah, the ring itself. So loads of characters talk about how pretty it is. Like, you know, it's all gold and it's got like that lovely writing on it. And they talk about how amazing it is. But when they put it on, what captures people and the reason, for example, why Sam can't put it on and why he's like i can't carry the ring mr frodo but i can carry you the whole reason why that happens is because the ring has so much power that it makes the people that the people that wear it get like consumed with greed and they want to take over the entire middle fucking earth 
and that is that is pretty much it it's the it's it it's the idea that greed pushes pushes if you use the example of Gollum, i think that's a really good example where you know he lives in a cave he eats raw fish he's got no fucking teeth and like he's all he looks like a fucking gremlin but he's fine because he's got the ring and that is the obsession that's his greed that's all he wants is the ring and he's one of the few that actually doesn't want to like take over anybody he just wants to have the ring all to himself and it's the idea that nobody else can have it that his is his driving force with greed it's an interesting point in the books in the film uh, both Boromir and Gandalf in the books want <laughs> don't to... tempt me Frodo that's the p- point I was going to make because <laughs> Gandalf says I would decide to use the ring for good and through that way it would corrupt me yeah so again it's Tolkien's idea of absolutes where this is something that is so corrupting and corrosive that there's no way that its power can ever be used for anything positive yeah because there's no way that you can use that greed for anything positive or that desire that comes with it so I thought that was a really good example but then also in The Hobbit I can't remember which fucking film it actually is so sars but um, Smaug the Dragon is literally a vision of greed when you imagine this dragon that sat on this huge pile of just jewels and i think um bilbo goes to nick a cup or something doesn't he and immediately smag is like thief and goes gets really fucking aggy about it when he's literally sat on a pile of rubies and i was like looking at this description for him when i was doing my reading for this episode and there was one example where he's covered in armour, obviously, but his underbelly isn't as protected. So what he'd actually done is lay guarding his treasure for so long that gemstones and coins and everything had actually got embedded into his own body. Very metal. Protect- very metal. But it was serving as protection as well. So he literally, and my inner English uh, literature student came out, he literally like, becomes one with his with his like wealth because that's how important it is that you hold it dearer what is that phrase like you hold it dearer than your own skin or something i'm not sure but a lot of the in the book they talk about the dragon sickness where the gold itself makes people obsess over it yeah so foreign becomes obsessed with it the master of lake town runs off with loads of it and dies of starvation in the wastelands of ruin oh yeah because he didn't take any food did he just took gold yeah just yeah just took gold didn't work that's the thing there's so many really good examples of what greed is and how actually really detrimental greed can be and that you know like i say people always think of greedy people as like uh you know usually being obsessed with food but actually the real material obsession with uh, with you know with currency and money and even down in Smaug's case to literally, oh, it's shiny, like, let me fucking guard it forever and never leave my cave. Like, how... how you're not living a good life, are no. you? That's, that's what's interesting about the separation between gluttony and greed for me, because gluttony is, like, experiencing pleasure, and but you're literally physically going out into the world and experiencing these things. It's very things. sensual. But whether it's carnal... It's, it's a well-lived life. If you're a glutton... You're a hedonist, you're experiencing really good, positive things, you know, you're really getting lost in it. Whereas greed, in my opinion, is the polar opposite. And, it, you know, like in the example of um, Gollum, you know, you, what have you got? 
you're just living in a fucking cave mate like the fuck but yeah yeah. So I have a couple of historical examples, but I'll start with, and this does link to it, Dante's description of the fourth circle of hell, which is for greed. So the fourth circle of hell is divided into two halves. Oh, so this is the punishment? Yes. Right, cool. One, in one half are those who hoarded wealth in their lives, and in the other half are those who spent extravagantly, and they spend the rest of eternity fighting over bags of money like proper going out with like bare teeth and fighting each other oh. with their hands to and that leads on to two people who I've picked in an example of someone who haunts wealth and someone who spends it extravagantly so the extravagant spender is the Roman senator Crassus oh I've heard of Crassus yes Crassus was a Roman senator who good guy made his fortune as a <laughs> slave trader oh yeah fucking brilliant then yeah of course he ran a private fire service in Rome. Oh, I just I feel like sorry. I know that I know that we were like we were obviously joking then, by the way. But yeah, you know. he was a dick. I just want to say like I always forget that people can't see us and see us like our eyebrows hitting the ceiling and our eyes rolling back in yeah, our I heads. Hate, I hate slave traders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, sorry. The, carry on. <laughs> he ran a private fire service in Rome. And when entire neighbourhoods or buildings set on fire, he would offer the owners to purchase that building off them at that moment for a knockdown rate. Oh my fucking yeah. god! And what if a they didn't, didn't accept it, he'd let the building burn down. But if they did accept it, he would get his fire service to put it out, and then he would own their building as a landlord. So yeah, what absolute a piece of shit. Dickhead. Just a fucking piece of shit. Oh my god, I'm laughing, but I'm not like. I'm not laughing. His it's... stories at the time said he was nearly his personal wealth was the same as the annual budget for the Roman Empire. Oh, sound. But he got his comeuppance in a. This is a comeuppance that's far too ironic to be real, and a lot of people believe that it's an apocryphal story. What well, I was I was about to say is what you're saying actually going to be real, or is it the people? Is uh, it it's, myth? It's not myth. Some people think it is real. Other people believe that it's just a just like an ironic death for him that's what he conjured up the Parthians who inhabit what is now Iran and Iraq captured Crassus whilst he was at war and poured molten gold down his throat to kill him oh yeah that's what I've heard of with Crassus no I think people would have done that I think they would have done that I think it's a waste of gold it'd be a waste (laughs) of gold but I mean if you want to punish someone you know Deliciously ironic punishment. Well, it's like uh, Game of Thrones yeah. used that at the, in the first series, didn't the they? Crown of Gold, yeah, for yeah. Viserys. Yeah. Do you know just waiting to use that on someone like the Red Eye? I'm like, God, that's how I'm going to get him. Yeah, just like, oh, it. fuck, that sounds metal. I'm waiting to bust this out. <laughs> <laughs> and for my second example of a famous miser, I have gone for Henry the Seventh of Before, England. Oh, sorry, sorry, before you go, because. I didn't know until you told me. But what is a miser? A miser is someone who hoards money. So Scrooge is right. A, Scrooge is considered a miser. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Cool. So Henry the Seventh was king of England. He's Henry the Eighth's dad. I was about to. Yes. Ask. <laughs> ah, I know how stupid it is, yes. and like, of course he was. But you know, you just you think him. Yeah. No, no. Sorry. <laughs> Carry so on. Henry hoarded money for throughout his entire life as king. He was such a tight ass that his wife. <laughs> had to borrow money from her servants to buy things because he refused to let have any money. Fuck off. And he and his wife, instead of wearing silver on their belt buckles and shoe buckles, they were made of tin. 
which wasn't the done thing, it's a monarch. Like, was, he, be... was he a Yorkshireman like you? No, he was Welsh. And, um, which is ironic because Henry VIII, his son, managed to blow the entire fortune on a pointless war well, in yeah. France. Well, yeah, I was going to say, well, I'm sure he didn't just blow it on a pointless war in France. I mean, he no, used he, to... No, he, he blew it all on a, one war, the entire fortune. Yeah, but his, he had a very extravagant lifestyle yeah. as well. Which leads on to the next point. He got all the money back by dissolving the monasteries and taking all the wealth they had with them to finance his lifestyle. Fair enough. So, yeah. No point. I always think the moral of that tale is that hoarding money, you know, is is a very temporal thing. Like you were talking about, say, like gluttony and lust are very sensual, but hoarding wealth is something that's very cold and calculating, and it's always this attitude. Oh, later on down the line, it'll do me lots of good. I think it's you know. I think it's more psychological than that but maybe i'm thinking about literal hoarding you know the hoarding like where it's a physical state you know when you see those programs about hoarders and you go into the house and they're living in misery and they're not happy at all but the second that you try and throw away like an old newspaper the fear i always feel really sorry for people that hoard and not in like a pity and like look down at you way because i get it like the idea that you know oh god that might come in useful though one day and you know if anyone's been skinned they'll understand the need to keep hold of certain things so maybe you know um it sounds like really fucking stupid but you know that really posh dessert company called goo that when you buy it they come in glass ramekins that you can reuse well we've got them i don't throw them away and that's because I've been fucking skin and I'm like, right, what is the point in throwing a fucking glass thing away when I can keep that and reuse it? Even if I only use it for a fucking ashtray, it will still be something. Service purpose. But that is the same fear that is just twisted when it comes to actually hoarding belongings. And I don't think that hoarding belongings is so much a case of greed as it is just an actual you know um i can't remember the word compulsion no not compulsion it's a when it's not realistic irrational Irrational, that's it an irrational fear of whatever you know it's that age-old thing that everybody's anxiety does especially mine where it goes but what if Mm. what if you need this again what if you're in a situation where you needed this newspaper clipping and you don't have it because you threw it away whereas hoarding money could be in the same set you could be like oh my god you know i've got family i need to make sure that you know save it for a rainy day make sure that they're looked after make sure that obviously not in that king's um case because i don't give a fuck about any monarchs but from a normal person's your average joe's point of view i can still understand hoarding money to a certain degree in being tight and that's the joke about you know yorkshiremen you know, short arms, deep pockets. Short arms, deep thing. pockets. You know, the Yorkshire national anthem is how much. <laughs> um, I think when these sins were originally not thought of, but put to paper, and like the ideas and centuries of, of basically thought around it, concocted, people back then wouldn't have had that many physical possessions. Yeah. Unless you were particularly wealthy, you wouldn't have cases of books or drawers full of clothes. So I do think. It's just so weird because that's what some. Uh, most people have now yeah and it is it it's just an odd one but going back to the kind of um psychological kind of thing about it 
I, you know, I just would like to confirm that, you know, I don't think that hoarding is based off greed, but it is that idea of when people who are saying power or people who have the means to access large amounts of wealth do apply that irrational psychological need for whatever reason whether it is fear related whether it is just for their own gain it is it is like an almost psychological need for more material if that makes sense have you got any more examples in your little list just because it leads it segues really well onto the point that i wanted to make oh the only thing i can think of is um comparing Rockefeller, the richest man in history, who was worth something like 940 billion when he died. I have no idea who that is. He ran Standard Oil, an American company, which at one point was responsible for 90% of all crude oil production in the world. This is gonna sound stupid, but is that what the Rockefeller Center in New York is about? Yes. Oh, cool! Yeah, his family were big in like New York politics. Right. But he um, he made an absolute fortune. He lived quite a modest means. He, he was very anti-smoking and anti-drinking. Oh, so what a, a boring guy. bastard! But he spent lots of his money on various philanthropies. Philanthropic causes. He eliminated yellow fever and hookworms from America using his personal fortune. So, what were you going to take? Because we'll go into you. I was talking about the idea of, you know, someone who is incredibly rich and obviously 940, it's more money than you could ever feasibly spend. What were you going to say? 940 what? Billion. That's how much he he, was worth? Yeah. 940 billion. Yes. Adjusted for today's inflation and prices, that's how much he'd be worth now. Fuck me. And is that more than Jeff Bezos? Yeah, he's Jeff Bezos is poorer than. John <laughs> I, I don't. Boo-hoo, th- but not poor. I was going to say I don't think you should use that fucking no. word really, but I know what you mean. But it's like these people have the power to do massive things. Thing, massive things in the world, but just don't. Well, that guy and did like, though. He did. But he could have done more. Nine hundred forty billion. I mean, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like you know, um, I can't remember who I was talking to about it, but I was having a discussion with somebody. It was like some of the richest institutions, like, well, Jeff Bezos and Amazon, number one, yeah. but also like the Vatican is a very rich mm. institution. They have the ability to do things like end world hunger. You know, they have literally end world hunger. If I saw, I can't remember what I saw it on. I saw like a um, something that someone put together. It's not a meme because it's not funny, but it is technically the same format as a meme. Where someone said something along the lines of Jeff Bezos could give every single Amazon employee something like an a hundred thousand dollar raise, and he would still just have broken or still be within the profit that he's made since coronavirus started. Yeah, it's... And he would still be a multi-billionaire. It's the point of wealth where it just boggles the mind. Well, yeah, it's... impossible to... I saw that someone put... um, Because I'm crap at maths. um, And I always have been. So the idea of what a billion pounds is, to me, it just isn't... And someone put it into perspective that... And I can't remember. I wish I'd got the exact thing up now. It's pissing me off. But someone said, like, basically... A hundred thousand seconds, um, no, sorry, a thousand seconds is like a day and a bit, I think. I don't know. I, I really want to find it. But they put it into perspective that basically 
a thousand seconds is like maybe a day and a bit a million seconds is um i think just over a month but a billion seconds is something like 33 years and it puts it into that perspective so and it, it just when I saw it like that I remember the kind of 33 year statistic obviously more than I did the thousand seconds one but I remember they put it into the perspective like a million yeah a million seconds is about a month whereas a billion seconds is 33 fucking years and that's just one billion this guy has fucking loads of billions and it was just like I could when it when it was put into that perspective I couldn't actually get my head around it and like to be that greedy and to not be seen publicly doing anything good with your wealth is fucking outrageous I don't I don't understand how that can be like allowed and then you get loads of people like poor schmoes like me and you who get like really pissy about when people talk about taxing these billionaires you know cue your cousin who not your literal cousin but cue someone's cousin who's on fucking 40k and therefore thinks they're in the same leagues as these ultra wealthy someone who's a sales manager yeah immediately gets really upset me and my mate jeff bezos we're not gonna have that like yeah because i saw that someone put something somewhere where it was like and again it was like something like a tweet it wasn't an official resource and i can't remember who the fuck wrote this tweet but it was like you're not actually angry about taxing billionaires you're angry because you feel we're personally attacking attacking your ability to become a billionaire and what will happen to you in your hypothetical world when you one day become that billionaire that you aspire to be and that you're going to be so hard done by when that happens and it's like get in the real fucking world this mad wealth is you know, well, it's people almost wa- impos- impossible to obtain. I think people want to be perceived, well, some people, people who are greedy and motivated by money to an extent. No, 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 no. I was going to say, you can, be, you can be motivated by money, that's absolutely fine, because to a certain degree, motivation with money can spur you on positively it can it can make you hang on it can make you want to get a pay rise it can make you work harder you know it can make you push yourself harder to make you know some risks in terms of your career that kind of thing i always think the bible doesn't say money is the root of all evil it says that the love of money is the root of all evil greed and i think some people who are very much i love money being rich is the best thing you could ever be as the best you know it's your goal in life they want to be perceived as playing for the winning team so they will be like oh yeah i'm playing golf on every weekend and i'm a sales manager at like a like a status as though it's a, a status a state, symbol yeah see i just my idea is i would love to be rich right let's not fuck about i, I would love to be rich. i'd love to be rich because i know what it's like to have been a fucking skint student living off them fucking 25p noodles literally every fucking meal a week like and you know i know what it's like to be skin god knows with this coronavirus thing you know we know what it's like to be skin but it it, it's the idea of um an easier life for me i guess because everyone thinks you know oh you know money can't solve all your problems but you know i'd rather fucking what is it money can't solve your problems but i'd rather cry in a ferrari (laughs) 
Another classic phrase is um, money doesn't make you happy, but it can make you depressed in comfort. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's the comfort idea, isn't it? Yeah, I would admit if it comes between miser or mad spending, I would definitely be mad spending. Oh, yeah, 100%. I love spending money. Yeah. I have money, like, don't get me wrong, I'm really good with saving now, but that's only because. I have had years of being shit at it and I actually want that money to go somewhere instead of just on instant gratification of buying things. Instant gratification is pretty good though. I know, yeah, it's it really great. is. It's really great. But, Fab. <laughs> but in terms of like greed though, so we've talked about the kind of perspective of being money motivated and how that's not necessarily greedy. Obviously, there's absolutely nothing wrong with being money motivated. Um, there's nothing you know it's it's what i want to chip into next is we tip we kind of chipped into it a little bit earlier sorry i'm falling over my words now but it's it's the idea of the psychological money grabbing thing um and i found this really cool article that i'm just going to straight up read um and it's called seven signs of the greed syndrome just before i read it though i'm just going to tell you a bit more about the guy who wrote it. So his name is Manfred F. R. Ket de Vries. I think that's his name. Apologies th- to any <sighs> Dutch listeners. I'm so sorry. I've probably fucking butchered it, but um, I'm just going to read a bit about him first because it'll help you understand kind of where this um, article is coming from. Because we've talked about greed from a perspective of, like old worldy times and Moral, kings. Morality and historical. Well, no, we just no, we just talked about it in relation to kings and like old worldy things and like the Bible's fucking perception and dragons and dragons (laughs) (laughs) and dragons. But we've we've not talked about it from like a modern day perspective, really. Um, Apart from like airy fairy stuff about being fucking rich and Jeff Bezos, but this is like this guy basically. I'll just read you a bit about him. So. He's um, the the distinguished clinical professor of leadership development and organisational change. Um, He's also got a load of other titles, but I can't be asked reading them all out. abbreviations. Loads, yeah. Um, But the long and short of it is he's very learned in economics, management and psychoanalysis. Um, He got his doctorate and loads of other um, kind of other qualifications uh, Harvard Business School. He's also been to um, a couple of other universities. I think the University of Amsterdam and got an MA there. He's got loads of fucking qualifications. Um, but he specialises in psychiatry, um, in business. And he wrote the following article, which I'm about to read, about something that's called the greed syndrome. Um so at the start of the article, I'm not going to read it all because it's really long, but he's given an example about um, someone called Pavel, who is really funny because I work with someone called Pavel, who's like the sweetest guy and like the polar opposite of this I Pavel. The name sounded familiar. Was yeah, like yeah, yeah. I work with a guy called Pavel, but yeah, he, like Pavel, the guy that I know is like the sweetest guy ever, but this guy, Pavel, that I'm going to give an example of here is like a total fucking dickhead. So long story short, um, he owns this guy Pavel in the example here owns a 20 million dollar New York penthouse apartment he owns a yacht he's got loads of like a really luxurious affluent lifestyle really good paying job that kind of things um, but despite these like luxuries and perks um, Pavel continued to question whether he deserved more after all 
you know, he was a really high up in his company and he considered himself to be the mover and shaker of the company. Um, but he just had this sense of lingering dissatisfaction. And he also, now that he's got his like multi-million dollar kind of pad and all this shit, he was gutted that he wasn't a member of the billion dollar club and he was obsessed with meeting that milestone. Um, but as always, life is full of surprises and in the middle of a heated discussion pertaining to a takeover bid um, from which he stood to make a real financial bundle, Pavel had a stroke. Um, for a short time, he was kept alive on life support, but soon after, it was death that put an end to his sense of never having enough. For Pavel, life without money had always seemed incomplete, but money without life turned out to be quite useless. Um, and he gave Pavel as an example of greed and excess, and he he, give it, he gives it in the example that it's the hallmark of many executives. Greed is a characteristic that cuts across most human endeavours and goes back as long as our species has been on the earth. Throughout humankind's history, greed has had a mixed press. On one hand, it has been hailed as the motor of economic growth and human progress. On the other, uncontrolled greed um, has been seen as the cause of much misery. As recent economic history has shown very dramatically, this article was written in 2016. I don't really know what was uh, happening. There was the well, the credit crunch 2008 was the most recent. Yeah, I was going to well, say until, the, until this one, it was the most recent. Oh yeah, what you mean recession. the recession that we've got on the horizon because of Boris Johnson's fucking mistakes? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> but oh, I've lost where I was now. So, yeah, it was talking about how it's um, fucked up the economy of 2016, apparently. But in spite of these examples, our culture continues to place a high value on materialism and by extension, greed. So now he's put recognising the greed syndrome and he refers to it as a syndrome, which is really interesting considering um, this guy's history, like I said, in his knowledge on economics, business but and psychology as well. Um, so what are the warning signs of uncontrolled greed one overly self-centered behavior becomes the first giveaway of greedy people greedy people are always saying me 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 with very little regard for the needs and feelings of others two envy envy and greed are like twins while greed is a strong desire for more and more possessions such as wealth and power envy goes one step further and includes a strong desire by greedy people for the possessions of others which is interesting it is um the next one is number three greedy people lack empathy Caring, being concerned about the feelings of others, is not part of their repertoire. As such, they have little qualms about causing pain to others. Their inability to empathise, their lack of genuine interest in the ideas and feelings of others, and their unwillingness to take personal responsibility for their behaviour and actions makes them very difficult people to be with. That just sounds like Boris Johnson to me. Yeah, it's ticking yeah. a lot of... <laughs> it's ticking a lot of Tory boxes, yes. isn't it? Um for they are never satisfied greedy people look at the world as a zero-sum game instead of thinking that everyone would benefit as the pie gets larger they view the pie as a constant and want to have the biggest piece they truly believe that they deserve more even if it comes at someone else's expense that's interesting that's kind of kind of that kind of ties in i think that's sometimes as well 
where the line gets blurred between greed and gluttony because remember in the previous episode about gluttony a part of them part of the rejection of gluttony and the idea that it is a sin was because it's the idea of people taking more than they need which will immediately lead to the detriment of other people because if everyone takes more than they need there won't be anything left for those that are in need still it's like a balancing act when someone has a grotesque amount of something there's going to be something left short yeah this is where it gets interesting for me because this is the more kind of psychological angle so uh point five Greedy people are experts in manipulation. They are highly talented in taking credit for work done by others. They can be charming, but their principal agenda is to have people around them that feed their ego. That's like key, like American psycho for me. Yeah, this is <laughs> screaming like Gordon Gecko, some pinstriped business Wall Street. Smeared in Coke. Doing oh my God, yeah. yeah. Oh my God, when he looks in the mirror though. Or peeling the skin thing off. No, no, in American Psycho, when he's like shagging that bird oh, and looking in the mirror at himself. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, who, yeah. Who are you thinking of? But he's doing like his morning routine and he's got like that face mask and he's peeling off the. Oh, I didn't. In the even, mirror. I didn't even think about that. Um, so, anyway, point number six greedy people are into the short run. They are focused on satiating their immediate needs and leave it to others to cope with the consequences. To illustrate, as leaders of corporations, they are more interested in getting their bonuses instead of making investments for future innovation or to share whatever benefits accrued um, with their employees. So, yeah, that's interesting. And then the final one is. In the pursuit of their material needs, they know no limits. Greedy people are not good at maintaining boundaries. They will compromise moral values and ethics to achieve their goals. They look for loopholes or clever ways to outsmart the rules and regulations that have been put into place to moderate this kind of behaviour. They're all very good points. It is, but that's... The seven deadly sins of greed. Literally, like, and I found that really interesting that someone has literally looked at excessive greed. So not just your average greedy person who might have maybe one or two of these traits. Someone who had all of these traits would be considered as someone that has it on a, like, psychological level, like, excessive greed or the greed disorder. So the short run thing, uh, number six, made me think about an interesting tidbit from the world of finance, which is Pizza Express, Prince Andrew's favourite. Because you read constantly that Pizza Express is going downhill, but and not downhill is in quality, but it's in loads of debt. And the reason that isn't because it's making money, the chain is actually very profitable. But what its owners do for greed is that it's bought by an investment company use it as collateral to take out loads of loans and then they sell it onto another faceless investment company who then use it for more loans and it's just passed around in an endless circle accruing mountains of debt so these people are in it for the short term but are just destroying like people's livelihoods who work there what the fuck yeah what the fuck i had no idea yeah it's the shady world of pizza express <laughs> dude um so then um oh my god i forgot his name ah manfred then he writes about recognizing uh, not recognizing the greed syndrome sorry he writes a paragraph about dealing with excessive greed and he goes on to say 
what I've learned from experience dealing with executives that suffer from the greed syndrome is that it's usually the foolish decisions born out of greed that eventually prompts them to make changes, make changes, sorry. Often setbacks such as health issues or serious interpersonal problems propel them to confront their addiction to greed. That's interesting seeing it as an addiction mm. because it is that idea of like constant gratification, like ego and, you know, I'm so amazing. It, and It's like the, um, well, this might be a bit of a tangent, but it's like the Hallmark film we watched earlier today. <laughs> Where the executive, you know, his which fam- Hallmark film? The, the Halloween we were watching. One. We were watching just for context. We were watching really crap. That's like a thing that we do around these times of year, where it's like getting into October. It's starting to get a bit festive. The whitest films, not too mad at Oh my god, yeah. And we were watching like these really cringe um, Halloweeny kind of Hallmark films. Anyway, sorry, carry on. That's where the executive is too busy working on his app in the office, where his children are just at home and they want to celebrate Halloween. And it's the nanny who reminds the um, father, you know, there's more to life than making money. Your children want to go out trick-or-treating. So he puts on a um, night outfit made out of a bath mat and an old brake pad. And they go out trick-or-treating. So that's his interpersonal (laughs) problem. (laughs) But um, to create motivation for change, people obsessed by greed may have to go on an inner journey like the dad. Mm. Um, perhaps accompanied by a coach or therapist or a nanny apparently um, to uncover the unconscious sources of their singular pursuit of wealth doing so may imply dealing with childhood setbacks that they have experienced that makes them behave the way that they do it means that they may have to deal with unresolved conflicts to cope with pent-up emotions and anger to work through unfulfilled dreams um, and to face the various defences that drive them towards excessiveness. So what's really interesting as well is that a lot of the huge finance companies actually have psychologists and psychiatrists on their payroll. So because the work is soul-destroying and you're literally like wiping like the Pizza Express thing, you're literally like destroying people's lives. It's all about money. And you know you're doing it as well. You know you're doing it and people do feel unbelievably guilty about it. So they're like, oh, I'll go to the psych- corporate psychiatrist and they're there to basically... Coach you back into Coach it. you back into the game and make you feel better about doing it. That's fucking insane. I didn't even think about that. Oh, that's so fucking weird. Yeah, it's fucked up. It's so fucked oh. up. I was going to say, um, so the next um, paragraph is, they may also need to become acquaint- acquainted with what is really essential in life, such as love, emotional intimacy, unconditional acceptance and self-acceptance and rich, satisfying relationships. I'm sure Kitty won't mind me saying this, but as she read that out, she put her hand on my knee. And Aww. it was a lovely moment. I really liked that. Shut up, don't tell people I have emotions. I know. But, you know, sometimes you just need that small-town girl from Living the in sticks. the lonely world. <laughs> you know, she comes from the sticks, she goes to the city, you know, your big city lawyer, and you just need to be real- realise that, you know, life can be simpler when you go and live on a farm. Are you still talking about that Hallmark film? I, my life, <laughs> I was just thinking... We don't... Oh, you weren't talking about me? Oh, fuck you. But you're not a simple country girl. No, I'm not. I'm not living in a lonely world either. No. I'm dying to break into song. I hate that song. Turn that note, no, right? Okay. People suffering from the greed syndrome need to find ways to move on from egocentric. Oh, sorry. 
egoistic strivings um, to more altruistic ones. It is important they recognise that they have a choice. This means stepping back and looking at other options open to them rather than mindlessly following their cravings for... Sorry, that was a hiccup. Their cravings for more. Greedy people need to recognise that we can only be rich if we are able to give... Oh, my God. Um, Yes, hon. Taking this altruistic route requires persistence, patience, humility, courage, and commitment. Not doing so, however, will be at their peril, as Pavel discovered due to his detriment. Yeah, but Pavel had a random... In that example, Pavel had a random heart attack, so that doesn't really... Oh, that was it. It, it. But that doesn't really, like... That's got nothing to do with his lifestyle. That would... That's, that's a stroke how, can happen to bloody anyone. That's how God teaches people lessons. Like, <laughs> you agree, you know, you can have a stroke now. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do... I don't really get that, that he discovered that to his detriment. I think that's a shit example. However, I do find it interesting that they're talking about it as though, like, it's an addiction and they're in a recovery program almost. Like, you have to be persistent. You have to realise you have a choice. You have to focus on the good things in your life and you have to stay the course. And it is it is interesting. So I'll just cap it off um, with the last um, paragraph that Manfred put in. So it goes, the bigger question we should ask ourselves is how can we change the societies we live in that are based too much on acquisitions and excess? As Schopenhauer said... Wealth is like seawater. The more we drink, the thirstier we become. If we learn how to overcome greed, we may have a simpler, more meaningful, happier and richer life. And I agree. I agree with that. I think the example that he gave for Pavel, if I am going to be really critical, was terrible. But um, I don't think I don't think someone having a random stroke really teaches them anything. Nah. If I'm not going to criticise the um, doctor of finance and economics for one thing... I would say that the idea of greed is that capitalism and the society really encourages it. Yeah. And I don't technically agree. It could be boiled down to some personal failing. If you work for a company where you're expected to do it and you do it without questioning, it's the society. Like, you have the choice, but it's constantly encouraged, if you understand what I mean. I kind of do. So you could kind of link it back to the idea earlier that you said where you've accepted a job there's psychiatrists on the payroll that are just aren't actually yeah. there for your benefit it's a system that's to... de- it's a system that's designed to encourage greed it's yeah. not an individual failing it's like you don't wake up it's not like it's like when people you know treat no, but this addiction this... is a personal failing of a you know of, of a moral character but i think no but people there is the argument as to whether addiction is a disease or whether it is you know something that could be genetic whether it's like inherited that kind of thing and in this particular article which i do like is they're equating greed not to just some random dalliance that everyone can step into it's pointing out that you know there are steps to it and you're only essentially coming close to too far gone if you have all of these and it's it i like this article because it makes it points out that there are psychological and somewhat personal aspects as well to being an inherently greedy person it's like stepping down a path i think it's a good article it raises a lot of very good points yeah but equally you can i, I kind of disagree with you a bit there and the, maybe i didn't understand your point but you can put it down to an individual to be greedy because it, it, the effect on their greed and how many people it affects depend on how much 
wealth they've amassed. So, for example, I hate to bring him up again because I fucking hate saying his name, but Jeff Bezos. That one man's individual greed could change the entire world if he chose to use it for good. If he chose to use the wealth that he's amassed to benefit anybody but himself. Yeah. And it's... You know, sometimes you just do think, oh, what a shame. I think... I don't feel like that. You should just get angry at him and boycott Amazon. That's what I'd advise doing. Yeah, boycott Amazon. Yeah, boycott Amazon. So our entire our entire podcast about greed today is just basically a big pitch for you to boycott yes. Amazon. It's a near yeah. forty five minute prelude to boycott Amazon. <laughs> but no, it is interesting. I really like the idea that there's so many elements to greed, and you know, it's it's not just as simple as the desire for wealth because like we said I don't think being money motivated is a bad thing I don't think the desire for success is a bad thing at all but when you put it how Manfred's put it and it's separating it's not just a desire for greed it's uh, not a desire for greed so it's not just a desire for money there's layers to it and there's levels to it and it's actually in his list I don't think he's actually said at any point that the, the identifying um, the ways to identify a greedy person has anything to do with their own personal desire for success it's lacking empathy never being satisfied being a manipulative person knowing no limits and being really self-obsessed and self-centered which are inherently bad traits in any person and need to be looked at really yeah, definitely like you know you, well lacking empathy um and being self-centered are like envy to a certain degree are key narcissist traits anyway so it all ties together this idea of obsession with the self and your own possessions hmm but yeah so I think have you got any more examples have you got anything that you want to no I'm all spent (laughs) oh my god (laughs) are you going to end every episode with a really shit pun of course I won't end it any other way. So, yeah, you've had our two cents. <laughs> and for more hilarious jokes, please listen to us next time. Yeah. Please. Um, please. If you want to message us about anything that we talked about today, give us your two cents. I couldn't think of any other examples uh, or any other puns, sorry. But if you want to basically have a chat with us about what we've talked about today um, at all, um, our public social media is our Instagram. So mine is Kitty Calders. That's K I T T Y C A L D E R S. And mine is Instagram, where I am Plague of Dawn. That's P L A G U E O F D O M. Brilliant. Right. We'll speak to you next time. Bye. Speak to you soon. Bye.